Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook by searching for Gone Boss. We're brought to you today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at schaeferleadership.com. What do they have coming up? A two-part virtual workshop. Not just one part. Nope. It's in two parts. Two parts. It's this... virtual, though, so you don't have to show up someplace twice. You just have right. to turn on your computer, your computer twice. Yes, absolutely. It is Wednesday, June 21st and Thursday, June 22nd. Coming from, up quick. I know. Uh, from 2 to 3.30 p.m. And what is it? It is called... Using Emotional Intelligence to Manage Leadership Anxiety. Oh, do you have leadership anxiety? Well, sometimes I do. And according to a survey, nearly two-thirds of professionals say their stress levels at work are higher than they were five years ago. Well, that would make sense because we're post-pandemic now. Yes, and there's a lot of lot of stuff happening. So as a leader, what brings you stress? Do you begin to consider all the possibilities of what might happen in the future? Three minutes, three months, or three years? Well, in this workshop, you're going to learn a few practical tools to discover, name, and diffuse your leadership anxiety. Very nice. Sounds very informing. Yes, I, it, it'll be a Great workshop, two days. Who's doing this workshop? This is presented by Susan Rosie. She is the president and owner of Rosie and Associates, a leadership and organizational development firm focusing on leadership development, emotional intelligence, and career management. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. In the studio with us, we have Karen Lloyd, Regional Director of the Indiana Small Business Development Center. That is a mouthful. That is a mouthful. Yes, <laughs> yes, but you got it, so thank you. <laughs> no problem there. So what do you do? I do a little bit of everything. Um, as a Regional Director, I travel a lot now. How many counties? We have 11 counties, and if you wanted me to name them all, I could do it. Um, <laughs> but you could also visit our website and see what 11 counties we serve. Basically, we provide resources and tools to business, small business owners or those interested in starting a small business. So to help um, a business start, grow, innovate, finance, or transition is what the um, state's goals are. Now, how long you been with the ISBDC? Um, so it'll be two years in July, which doesn't seem that long. I did about a year, a little over a year as a business advisor, and then moved into my role as regional director in October, November. I had a month of transition with Peggy Sonova before she left. So officially in November is when I took on that role. Yes. Uh, Peggy Snova, a friend of the podcast. Yep. And uh, yes, we've had her in here before. And of course, Farmhouse Creative, we've met or consulted with Peggy for probably... I don't know, 10 years or something like that. Now you're our person, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> Very good. Tell me a little bit about the role that you're in. Like, what do you do? So like I said, I spend a lot of time traveling. So it's taken me a little while to get out of business advisor mode and into regional director mode. But now I spend a lot more time with our stakeholders, our partners, going out. Um, one, we have to secure funding. So we're partially funded through the SBA, but we are also funded through 
the state along with our local um, communities. So that may be a mayor's office, it may be a chamber of commerce, it may be an EDC. So Economic Development Corporation, uh, sometimes we go and meet with the commissioners in some of our counties and the cities per, or the counties provide some of our funding. So I go out and I talk with them, see what's needed in the communities. I spend a lot of time going to chamber meetings, just getting the word out. One of the things that we have found is that a lot of people don't know about our services and our services are at no charge. So we have two, two advisors for the 11 counties and then myself and Judy Porter, who's our admin. So often we hear small businesses say, I wish I would have known about these services before I started my business or before I needed financial help or those types of things. And so what we found is the best way to get the word out is to be out in the communities and be seen. So that's what I've spent a lot of my time doing. I know we've referred a lot of people to you because we, you know, get people who are ready to have a website or, uh, you know, even need business cards. They're at the very beginning stages and we can quickly tell who needs to talk to you guys and who doesn't. But, uh, but yeah, we, we, we refer a lot of people over to you. Yeah. Um, and that's how a lot of our uh, clients come in is through referrals. A lot of times banks, um, our EDCs, our chambers, they'll come in like a lot of times clients will come in and meet with like somebody like you and say, I need a business card. I need a website, but they're not actually at the point where those are the things that they need. They need to think more through a business plan, financial mm -hmm. projections. Are they ready to start a business? Every month we do a workshop called launch your own business, where we walk through feasibility and viability. And do you understand your numbers and those types of things? So we, we spend a lot of time working with clients on those. Now, I've known you for quite a while. Let's go back in uh, to your past and tell me about all the jobs you've had. I have had, <laughs> I have had a lot of jobs. Um, but they've all been unique and interesting. They have. So I actually started working when I was 15. I had a little side thing um, at Pizza King even before then, you know, dishwasher, paid under the table kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and I actually really, really enjoyed that. I talk about that every now and then. I enjoyed doing that. I eventually got to make pizzas. Now, I'll stop you right there okay. because I was the dishwasher at Pizza King in Farmland, <laughs> one of my first jobs. And I loved the dishwashing. When I got to pizzas, I didn't like it as much because there was more responsibilities and stuff. The dishwasher, all you do is like throw them in the machine, take them out, you're done. Yeah. Well, I like the pizzas because I feel like you can make them pretty, right? So <laughs> yep. if I go and get a pizza now and it's not like at the Pizza King standard, the only thing I didn't like was the measuring cups. Exactly. I, Nobody I, likes those cups. No, no, because you want to <laughs> you wanna make it look good. And sometimes those cups don't give you enough to make it look good. So... <laughs> Um, but so I guess Pizza King was technically my first job, but then I, um, started working at the village pantry. So country club in 32, mm -hmm. probably one of my most favorite jobs I ever had. I was with the village pantry or marsh for 10 years and it was kind of like off and on always stayed on enough that I could go do something else, but come back if I wanted to. I worked in hot foods because I was 16, officially 16 when I started working there. And so I couldn't run the register because I couldn't sell cigarettes, couldn't sell alcohol. And then when I was 18, I could work the register. And then I did everything there from donuts to the ordering to assistant manager to their management program and management. I don't know. Like I still like I just met so many people doing that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were right there by the armory and by the sports complex. And so there was just always people in and people to talk to. And so I just really enjoyed that. I also... From that position, so Julie Motzenbacher was my boss there, and she is 
somebody that would always say, I want you to do better, right? Like, we don't want to lose you, but we want you to do better. And she would always give me the opportunity to go and do something new. Mm -hmm. And I went to beauty school with her daughter, Carissa. And so when I got out of beauty school, she was like, why don't you go do hair and you can stay on here for a day. And then if that doesn't work out, you can come back. And so went from village pantry to great clips and master cuts and trying to figure out if I'd like to do hair. So I went to beauty school and high school through the career center because I was not going to college. Absolutely not going to college. <laughs> um, so went through beauty school, realized when I was in beauty school, I probably should go to college. Um, <laughs> but I, I finished beauty school. I did hair for a while. I did that while I was in college. Went to Ball State University, got my bachelor's in business, so marketing and sales. Um, at the time, it was marketing, management, and sales, but now it's two separate departments there. And stayed at the Village Pantry, went into management with them, started managing actually the... Um, so I managed the store on Godman. It's not a Village Pantry anymore, Godman and Tillotson. And then I went and managed the the big one over on Tillotson and White River. Okay, yeah. So I did that for a while. We When I managed that one, it was when Muncie was doing the, oh, let me think, what, Armed and Famous. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and so my night guy spent a lot of time with the crew from um, Armed and Famous. I never got to meet any of them. But I realized pretty quickly management of a 24-hour convenience store was not what I wanted to do. And so I started looking for something new. So then I went to management, um, retail management at Menard, which is where I met my husband at the time. And, um, you know, that's where my daughter Eva came from. But <laughs> That time period. That time period, yes, in that time period. But ma So I went through Menard's management program. So okay. And you were looking like you were on that track, but somehow you ended back at Ball State University, right? I did end up back at Ball State University. But in between there, I ended up um, actually planning to move to Arizona. Okay. And so I left everything I was doing. I went and worked a little bit of time in Randolph County at the Solid Waste Management District yes, and I recycling. That now. <laughs> and then we picked up and so we sold everything that we owned, the house, most of our belongings to, to move. It didn't work out. And so I was basically staying at home. I was not a mom at the time. So basically just a stay at home wife. I guess that is not the life for me. <laughs> so I took a job as a leasing consultant in yes. Anderson and then um, really actually did enjoy that. What How I, long did you do that? I would say about three years. Three oh, years three seems years. to okay. be my my time frame where I am somewhere. But I did the leasing and then I went into management there. Like the pantry, I realized that I did not, um, especially after I had my daughter, I did not want to be called in the middle of the night by people that needed let in their apartments or... We had two buildings that flooded, and I was just like, this isn't what I want to do either. My time's important to me, and I I think about this a lot. Like, there's people that live to work and people that work to live. Um, I work to live, so I want to make money so I can go do the things that I want to do outside of work. But then, yes, so I ended up at back at Ball State University uh, because I didn't want to be in housing anymore. And I had a friend that said, hey, you should come and work at the Entrepreneurship Center. They're hiring a program coordinator. I spent a lot of time with my husband at the time trying to learn how to even pronounce entrepreneurship. Yes. I was like, how am I going to go in here? And... I couldn't spell it for you if, I, if you asked yeah. me to. <laughs> I can spell it now, but I, I could not say it. And I had no idea how I was going to even interview for this job when I couldn't say it. And so I practiced at home and then I called my friend and I said, I can't pronounce this. And she said, just call it ENT and you'll be fine. And so I went in and I interviewed 
And I got that position and I loved it. Like uh, so much networking, so many events. I like every day was fun. It, it got to the point too that I could do my job and also attend grad, start grad school. I built a ton of relationships there. Now you did something very cool during that period of time. Uh, what was it? Startup weekend? Startup or? weekend. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's perfect to mention because I'm going to sit down and talk more about Startup Weekend and about bringing that back. But Startup Weekend is a 54-hour event that takes place from a Friday evening to a Sunday afternoon. And um, the participants come in, they brainstorm business ideas. They can't be anything they're currently working on. So usually right off the cuff. And then they spend 50, the rest of the time of that 54 hours developing that, putting that together, doing market research, putting together a business idea, and then pitching that to a panel of judges. So definitely very cool. And something that I would love to see brought back, but also one of the things in my current position is that I help with a lot of pitch competitions in our counties. And so kind of just keeping that tradition. And those are things that I really, really enjoy. So we're up to Ball State. We're up to Ball State. So after Ball State, what, where did you go from there? So after, so while I was at Ball State, I started my master's program. And then I had, we mentioned Peggy earlier. I had um, met Peggy. She was a mentor in our program. So I made tons of connections, which is so funny now because I go to events in like Indianapolis. I'm like, I know all of these people from my previous position. Peggy was at WIBU here in Muncie. So Women in Business Unlimited. And she got up and she did a $5 announcement saying that they were hiring a business advisor and that the applications, I think, closed in like 24 hours. And if anybody was interested, they should apply. And I remember going back and I think I sent her an email and said, hey, Peggy, you mentioned this today. Do you think that I would be a good business advisor? And she was like, I definitely think you should apply. And so I applied, and the next thing I knew, I was a business advisor with the Small Business <laughs> Development Center. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so done that. Um, completed grad school. So graduated this last summer, 2022, with my grad degree in executive development. Um, did a little stint in communications. But one of the things that I've learned in life is sometimes you just have to make adjustments to make things work out. And I needed that degree, and I needed to be done with school. So, <laughs> so I went back to an online program that was just more feasible for me to complete. Now, of course, the question to ask is, all this work history and the different jobs and things like that, do you think that helps you in your role now? Absolutely. I think it gives me a ton of insight into different types of work. Like we have a client right now that has a convenience store and I have convenience store experience. I have other clients that are interested in property management. I have that type of experience. Retail, so understanding kind of the sales, understanding what larger businesses are doing. So the importance of a mission and vision statement, the importance of having policies and procedures, the importance of everybody understanding and being on the same page. And also, you know, I had... I, I was talking to one of our business advisors yesterday and he said something and I was just like, oh my gosh, that's like brilliant. He was talking to a client and, and they were just like, you know, I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time doing this and I don't want to do that. And he, the comment he made basically made to them were, it doesn't sound like you want to be a boss. It sounds like you want to be managed. So maybe owning a small business isn't what, like what you want to do. It sounds like you need a boss. And I'm just like, Yes, that is one of the things that I, I think I take away from all of these other positions is that sometimes it is nice to have somebody that's over you and telling you all of the things that you need to be doing versus being the person that's 
making all the decisions for somebody else. Now, I have to ask about some personal things. So during all these jobs and different things like that, I do know that you were big into skating. Yes. Tell us about roller skating in your life. Okay. So one of the things that I love to talk about, probably like a little sad because I haven't skated in like three weeks. So that's kind of crazy for me. <laughs> three weeks. <laughs> um, but I, so I didn't grow up skating a lot. I, I skated at Gibson's for school skates and those types of things. We did lessons there. My mom knew the Sheridans pretty well. And so from having their kids in school and stuff. And so we would go do lessons, go to school skates, church skates, those types of things. Went to Starlight a couple of times. I I remember going to Gibson's, but I wouldn't consider myself a rink rat. So then here comes, oh gosh, I want to say 2010. Okay. I think it was around 2010, maybe into 20, 2009. I'm trying to think. So Schaefer Leadership Academy, I was in their second cohort maybe of um, emergence. Yes, you're still on the banner. <laughs> I'm still on the banner. Yes, I'm walking to work every day and I'm like, oh, there I am. So I was in that and I was in there with Amanda Holmquist and I'm trying to think what her last name was before that. I don't remember. I only know her as, I know her as a Slay Amanda. Slamanda, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she was in that group. And one of the things when we did introductions is, is she mentioned something about roller derby. And that like piqued my interest a little bit. And so I started paying a little more attention and I had gone somewhere and I can't remember where. And it was, there was like a flyer for like, come to our call out meeting or learn more about roller derby or something. And it was at the cup. And I was like, I think I'm going to do that. So I went home to my husband and I was like, I think I want to play roller derby. And like, <laughs> that's a whole other story because he wasn't into that. But I went, I listened to him talk. Um, Amanda was there. Another girl that I'd gone to high school with, Angela Carpenter, was there. So I know her as Brecken You Down. Yeah. Right. So um, now what's your name? Karen Boucher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Karen Boucher. I actually started out as Sergeant O'Harms, but it just it wasn't really fitting. And I was actually um, the first season that I played. So I did end up playing, deciding to play. That first season, I was, which might be a surprise to some people, considered the sweetest roller girl. <laughs> um, so if you know anything about roller derby, not anything like it was back in the past, but there there is some aggression that goes into it, oh, I yeah. think. Um, you know, you the yeah. elbows. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I think one of the reasons they thought I was sweet is was because I was quiet, which if you know me... I do talk, um, but it takes me a while to warm up. And basically what I was doing is sitting and observing, like watching everybody else, not necessarily making friends, but not making enemies and just sitting back and watching everything. So I think because I wasn't in the mix of any of the drama, I was considered sweet. And I pretty much like will like anyone unless they give me a reason not to. So Well, derby is not uh, not an easy thing to learn either with all the rules and the going around yeah. and all that like yeah. They have the programs and they have the rules in there and they're pretty intense. Yeah. So lots of rules. And um, I skated for, I think I skated as a skater for two years and then I did refing. Yes. And so that's learning the rules in a, ho a whole other way. And then I went back to skating and then I got pregnant with my daughter and I actually skated up until, so my daughter was born in October or October. She was born in January. Probably just so disappointed that I just said that. Um, <laughs> but I skated up through November with the oh, team. Wow. And eventually they were just like, hey, like we're not comfortable. Like some of the players aren't comfortable with you skating, um, which was fine. And I get it. I wasn't doing contact with them or anything, but yeah. um, a pregnant woman on skates is not what some skaters want to see. So I had my daughter and I took a break from skating 
And then I tried to come back the next season and I came mm. back long enough to do like a bout, but it just, things at home weren't good. My husband wasn't super supportive of the skating. And so, um, that took a back seat. So I quit skating that, sh- that would have been like 2016. Okay. And then yeah. I got divorced in 2017. I didn't skate for a while. What I ended up doing, so I'm trying to think it would have been 2021. Was it before pandemic or during? So I didn't skate during, okay. um, but, but right after, well, yes. So right, I would say right <laughs> after Gibson's had refinished their floor. Yes. And they had an, I, I remember this because I went skating and the next week I had COVID. So it was, it was like, po- like coming out of COVID because I, I didn't have it any during yeah. 2020. So 2021, I went skating, I skated on the new floor, absolutely loved it. And was like, I should skate again. And I thought about going back to Derby, but in reality, it doesn't work Um, as a single mom. It just doesn't work with my schedule. And so what I did was I, one, I had started seeing someone. He had skated when he was younger. He hadn't in a while. And so Mm -hmm. we decided we would meet up and we would go skating. And we actually went to Richmond because that was kind of our halfway point to meet there. And so went to Richmond and then I had the brilliant idea that I should visit skating rinks. Yes. And so I, and I post about them. So I have a group, it's called the Great Multi-State Skate. And um, I share on my personal Facebook page and then, but I also share in the group. And we, um, you kind of review them. Yeah. Um, I don't like to say review. Um, I try not to be negative. I actually haven't done one in a really long time. And it's because the one I'm sitting on right now is not a a positive experience. Um, but I still think it needs to be shared. I'm just not ready to share it. If you, if you look me up, I think you'll find about 30 that I've shared about 30 different roller skating rinks in this area, meaning, uh, what mostly Indiana, Ohio. Um, um, so in the, I would say in the U.S., I'm, I actually have 50 now on oh, my list. Okay. I just haven't shared about them. What's the furthest one you've done? Um, so San Diego. Oh, wow. So I went on a work conference. And and one of the things um, that I like to do is I like to try to align as much in my life as I can. And so I went to a work conference and I was like, if I'm going to go, I'm going to take my skates and I'm going to skate. And so I skated every single night that I was there. I skated at an outdoor rink. I skated um, on the, what do I want to call that? Um by the beaches, the boardwalks. Oh, okay. I um, went across to, um, I think it's Coronado Island or, anyways, I took a ferry over and I skated um, like a beach trail there. I went to their actual skating rink there. So, so San Diego is my furthest. I've also been to Orlando. And then I went for spring break. We went on like a car trip around the New England states. And yeah. so we skated or I skated at, in three of the six states that we that we visited. So, um, but I haven't shared about any of those because I'm just not ready. And then you're just sitting on them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then um, so, but mostly around here, um, Illinois, um, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, and then we have family in Pittsburgh. So um, I really enjoy the rings in Pittsburgh as well. Very cool. So that's where that's where I'm I'm at right now. But skating slows down. Indoor skating slows down in the summer. Everything around here kind of closes up. So now I'm just sad. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite band or artist? Um, so my favorite artist is Garth Brooks. Um, I will go to any show that I can get my hands on tickets for that that's around here. I think I've been to six or seven. Um, last year I went to. Was it last year? Maybe two years ago. I went to Notre Dame one weekend, and like two weeks later, I turned around and went to two of them in Cincinnati. 
um, had had tickets for the show um, during 2020 that got canceled that was in Cincinnati. So then I had my makeup ticket for that. And then he had another show, took my daughter to her first one. I have a super cool video where she's like making a heart with her hands and, um, he like hearted her back. Oh, wow. and the guy behind us recorded it where like Gar's in the middle of that heart. And oh. so I have a super cool video from that. His first, his first concert that he did at Notre Dame, which I think was 2018 or 19, um, was front row for that. Um, just one of those things. Now he's, he's doing like a residency in Las Vegas. I yeah. don't have an interest. I went to Vegas in February and I don't think I would care to ever go back to Vegas. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I probably won't go see him in Vegas, but one of those shows that even if you don't like country, I tell everybody, even if you don't like country music, go see a Garth Brooks show because it is so cool to see an artist that can go on and start a song and the stadium finishes it. Like it's just, he's a great entertainer. He's a, he's a fantastic entertainer. What's your favorite movie? The Greatest Showman. So, and okay. that's a newer movie. Yeah, so, I would say before before that, um, one of one of my favorites is The Rock. Ed Harris, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, that's well. I'm glad you have The Greatest Showman now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, The Greatest Showman. Great soundtrack. Great story. I think you know when you're in the world of of small business, um, when you think about P.T. Barnum, like you're just like that's a true entrepreneur right there. Anything else you want to cover before? I- so I am part of an organization that started out of Jay County. And so I wanted to share just a little bit about that. So it's called Lift Jay. And it is a group to help connect women to build community for women in Jay County. Um, but it doesn't just have to be Jay County. So the Lift stands for Lead, Inspire, Flourish, and Thrive. So it's similar to WIBU. We've had a lot of help from the WIBU team here in Muncie to get this going in Jay County. And so I will actually be presenting there as their presenter in July. So the last Tuesday in July. So I want to share a little bit about that. I'm really excited about that. Um, as a regional director, some of my initiatives are to get some more networking. I, I feel like networking hasn't quite come back from the pandemic. And so I'd like to I'd like to see some more of those things happen. So So if people want to catch you live, it's gonna be in July. Yes. Yes. Very nice. yeah. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Really appreciate you coming. Absolutely, in. thank you. In the studio, we have Audia. Hi. Audia Howell. It's Take Your Daughter to Work Day. That's right. It's summer vacation uh, around the farmstead, and Audia has come in. We want to talk about kittens. Kittens! We have four baby kittens at the house, plus there are other kittens, which we'll talk about in a second. But tell us about the four kittens we have in our back room. So the first one is Georgia. She's very cute, and she's a calico, I believe. Then we have Shadow. He is a black cat, and he has spots on his chest. And his feet. And his feet. Looks like like socks. socks. Looks like socks. He's like a little tuxedo kitty. (laughs) And then we have Neon. Neon is a gray cat, and he loves to play, and he gets eye infections a lot. But don't tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then we have Olivia that likes to play around and try to get under people's cars. But when the car turns on, they're totally fine. Okay. Now, tell me what these kitty cats are named after. John Mayer songs. Okay. So <laughs> when you have a, a brother who's 19 years old and into John Mayer, we then name our kittens out of John, out, off of John Mayer songs, right? Yep. Yeah. I think that's cool. Back in the day, we used to name all of our kittens about um, food. 
Yep. So they are all food related. So mm-hmm. salt and pepper, macaroni and cheese. Mike and nuggets. Mike, nuggets. All kinds Harvey of Dent. <laughs> well, that's not food. It's not food, but it's Harvey Dent. <laughs> Harvey Dent is still alive. He is older than you. Yes, he was around before I was even pregnant with you, I'm pretty sure. He's <laughs> been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now we have some kitties. Where else? Over at Nana's house? At Nana's house, there's bread and will. Bread? Like bread. food. Yeah. And will. Like yeah. William? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is Will named after Stranger Things? Yes, okay. it is. I, I thought maybe. Okay. Now tell me about the, the super baby kitty that you just rescued. Will. So Will is a tiny kitten that we have been feeding off a bottle because the mama that had bread doesn't want to take care of that one. And it's so cute. It's like a little calico, but it's not. Yeah. So you and Papa, your grandpa... Have mm-hmm. been feeding this baby cat mm-hmm. by a, with a bottle, right? Yeah. Okay. Which I think is funny because if anybody knows Matt's dad, he's a <laughs> farmer. All the hows are old, retired farmers, and he—it's um, Darwinism out there. It's, he, it's survival, survival of the fittest. Of the fittest. Uh, the farmers are a little gruff, and you know, farm life is different than city life. So, mm-hmm. um, I just thought he'd be like, "Well, that kitty's got to either get it together or not." One of the two. Um, but then he's like, oh, let's get a bottle and feed it. I'm like, what <laughs> happened to my father-in-law? <laughs> but I guess when you have nine-year-old little granddaughters, then, um, you bottle fed, bottle feed kitties, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so is Nana. She's nicer. Yeah. Sometimes. Nana's, help, <laughs> Nana's helping feed the kitties too? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, are you being a good kitty mama? Yeah. Okay. It follows me around if I have flip-flops. It likes to follow you around? Does it try to eat your toes? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. And my fingers, including Nana's, on an accident. Oh, okay. What else you got going on in your life? Um, We're doing a lot of swimming, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Our neighbors have a pool, and they are gracious enough to let us use it. So, Audie is living her best life, swimming every day in the summer, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have a new friend. You got a new city friend, right? Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We've only had farm friends so far, and now we've got a friend... Who lives in the booming city of what? Farmland. farmland the town you know, of I have other friends that live in the city, but that's past that. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on? Why not? She has two corgis. Do so you get to hang out with doggies there? Lily and Sai. Okay. Nice. That's nice. And two cats. Nice. Gemma and Venus, I believe. Okay. Now, you've taken a couple trips already as well without us. Yeah. One to Pine Lake and one to the Brookville Reservoir. Yeah. And where you did, what, uh, a floating tube yeah. thing down a river? Yeah. The current was great. <laughs> was it running pretty quick? Yeah. But we had a life jacket attached to all, like, s- some tubes where we took the teenagers. And one of us would get on that life jacket and like swim so the others could get and we had to drag it if the current got were too strong oh okay but you had a good time doing that yeah tell me about pine lake what was that like pine lake was okay at the first the water was very cold so i i was in this little pop-up tent they got and hid in there and then after lunch i went in the water and it was fun they have, like, water slides and stuff? Yeah. Or? Me and my friend went down it twice, one of them. It's like, 
you go straight down, you twist, and you like go out into the lake. Oh, it's fun. That sounds like fun. Nice. So you become like the tag along friend, right? Oh, and the black side, it's pitch black when you go down it, and it's super cool. Nice. Do you remember when we went to Holiday World a couple years ago? Do you remember that? You were little. But you wanted to go on the biggest water slide that they had there at Holiday World. Nobody else wanted to go. And I'm not the biggest fan of water slides, but I'm better at them than, like, your dad is. And so you made me go on it with you. And it's one of those where you get in and it's, like, pitch black the entire way down. And we were in, like, a little tube. And you were so tiny and your little body was going to, like, fall through the hole. And, like, I held on to your hand the whole way down because it was, like, dark. And I thought for sure you were going to fall out and die. And I was like, I, I don't know if you're big enough for this. You don't remember? No. Oh, well. She I, was a little too young. You were a little too young. It was... It was a big ride for a little person. <laughs> so you're having a pretty good summer so far, eh? Yeah. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at schaeferleadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has gone, gone boss. boss.